listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Gore is love, baby. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that walks the line of being a little too phantasmagorical. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're lamenting the loss of some genre icons, and I'm not, you know, using hyperbole or anything. When I say icons... I mean icons. Yeah, these guys are definitely icons. Absolutely. And so, unfortunately, they have shuffled off this mortal coil, and we're definitely the lesser for it, but we're going to be celebrating them, you know, Mm -hmm. remembering them. Yeah, we're going to be talking about people who have passed recently, but it's not going to be a sad episode. No, absolutely. We're gonna, no, we're gonna... Much like when we you know, limited the loss of Wes Craven, we're mm-hmm. going to be celebrating their works. Right. We're going to be looking back at them, telling about, talking about what they meant to us, because these are some icons. Yeah. I yeah. mean, as like just the platonic ideal of an icon, if <laughs> some, you will. Some of these stung. They, they the loss stay. of some of these people stung. They did. But before we get into that, let me remind you, we were part of the ever-expanding Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. A network that is including two new shows getting started in 2016, Netflix and Chill, and Do These Nerds Dream of Meryl Streep, which is just a great name. <laughs> and you can find those episodes and all of our back episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud apps, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly into your listening device of choice. All up in your ear hole. And speaking of getting up in your ear holes, we do have some little events here we'd like to plug. Yes. Uh, starting on January 25th, our sister podcast, Nerds, Nerds of Nostalgia. We are going to be starting our monthly movie night over at Tap Cave. Yes, I'm so looking forward so to So those this. of you in the Kansas City area, we expect to see you out because mm-hmm. what it's going to be, it's basically a movie and a podcast. Right. Where we're going to screen a mystery movie, hence Monday Mystery Movie Night is what mm-hmm. we're calling it. Not, you, not a mystery movie as in like like Fu Manchu or shit, but like... Fu Manchu? Right, well, no, didn't their Fu Manchu... No, uh, Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan. Go. Charlie Chan. <laughs> no. Di- different genre, man. Different right. genre. No, but a mystery movie isn't like you don't know until you yeah until, until your screens. ass is already there. But and when then, it's too late, <laughs> we've already got our claws into you basically. Mm-hmm. But you stay around, and we will then be recording a live episode of Nerds of Nostalgia, yeah. Which you, as the audience members, we will be getting involved with. You're going to be our uh, guest speakers. Absolutely, it's going to yeah. be a blast, and we are covering like every kind of genre you can imagine. Yeah, every month is going to be a different genre, and this is uh, our first month is kind of our ode to. USA up all, all night, night. Uh, which we're going to be screening a boner jam and <laughs> boner jam goes by many names sex comedy boob movie whatever teen Guaran- sex romp guaranteed yeah. to titillate maybe offend you I don't know but I will tell you this you know much like when we do uh, our hosting gigs we promise a good live yeah. experience something you're going to enjoy seeing with a crowd plus live podcast right and if i may suggest it's only gonna be five dollars five bucks there's gonna be beer, beer specials, specials and you're gonna get them tacos yep. two for three dollars that's a fucking deal and they're delicious and as always we will be giving away prizes as well so yes. you really want to make sure you're checking this out we're gonna do it the last monday of every month mm-hmm. um so then in february 
Ah, and this is another one. Uh, it was my first time last year, but uh, the Panic Film Fest is going to be going. Yes, this is going to be awesome. We're representing, representing And yeah, hard. you want to talk about having a more uh, big, big, a bigger presence yeah. at the Panic Film Fest. We will be doing several live podcasts mm-hmm. through Nightmare Junkhead. Yeah, and we'll also probably be doing a couple recording a couple of nerds while we're out there doing our thing. You know, because you can come to our booth oh yeah you can come to the nightmare junkhead booth and bullshit with us i'm excited with that and the fact that we're going to be able to do basically the the beyond potter dome if you will Mm -hmm. because we're got the various hosts from the other boom howdy shows we're going to be doing kind of a a little beyond thunderdome if you will Uh, yeah podcast of babylon i cannot yeah babylon (laughs) very nice uh but then also uh you can check out everything at panicfilmfest.com uh they've got they just revealed the lineup Uh uh-huh which looks pretty cool i'm looking forward to it and uh Make sure you come check out the shorts because uh, a couple of nerds are going to be hosting the shorts. And uh, there's a lot of people that you've heard on the podcast yes, to talk about. Uh, Gigi's going to be there. Uh, Jill Six is going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And this is your chance to jump on a bandwagon before the bandwagon gets going mm-hmm. because, you know, Jill Six, Gigi Guerrero are two up and coming strong voices. Really strong. In the horror field. And their shorts just knock it out of the park. They're really, really good. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be good vendors there. I mean, I haven't seen better shorts than when uh, you put on your short shorts. Oh, hey, now, hey. <laughs> You're never you know, doing the, the shorts. Cutoffs, you know, right? <laughs> I can't help it, man. I'm just very comfortable. I am really comfortable in those. I'm not going to lie, I man. I blew myself. <laughs> Between that, and, I'm, and just a little like half mesh shirt. Yes, I'll be looking like my definitely. dad in the oh, early '80s. Dude, you look like a camp counselor at Crystal Lake. I hey, I'm you know cosplay. Was, cosplay. I can be Shelly. Oh God. God damn it. Fuck Don't Shelley. be Shelly. I'll be Roy. You know, okay. I'll just get the little blue on my mask. <laughs> should, I, should I get like a little Crispin Glover dance? Going oh, if we on? can recreate <laughs> instead, you know, people are always talking about recreating the Thriller dance. If yeah, we can try to the... recreate a bunch of people doing the Crispin Glover from Friday Part Four, <laughs> dude, that would be worth price of admission right yeah. there. Um, but no, it's going to be a blast. We're going to be mm-hmm. well represented there. Um, it's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Screenland Armor's a great place. Um, just the the arm, you know, Screenland in general. Yeah. I want to thank them for giving us these. Oh, Oh, fuck yeah and you can op- and while you're there make sure you pick up some rotten reynolds oh absolutely yeah no you'll you, basically if you've listened to nightmare junkhead before you're gonna this is gonna be a a just immersive experience mm-hmm. you know delving into the thing I, it's gonna be a blast all up in your ear hole and that's gonna be february 5th to february 7th again yes. more information at panicfilmfest.com and then then the, then also save the last february because we're gonna do another nerds mystery movie mm-hmm. night and this one's gonna be black exploitation a black exploitation yes. film in honor of african-american history month mm-hmm. because we are a socially conscious Conscious, you know, right. uh, podcast that gets it going. But starting in March. But starting in March. Yes, starting in March. Here is another one that we are really excited to announce. Now, we haven't mm. specified a date yet. Right. But as you know, we do a lot of hosting through the Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we're still going to be doing some hosting of the oh, Alamo absolutely. Dome. In fact, uh, when this episode drops um, on Saturday, the let's see, that is going to be the, the 13th. Yes. No, no. Today is the 14th. Oh, 15th. Well, the okay. 16th. Yes, we'll be hosting 16th. a screening of tales from the dark side which we've done an episode on nightmare junket already so you uh-huh. can definitely revisit that but definitely see that in a theater it's a 35 millimeter print oh it's going to be gorgeous and it's funny enough that we mentioned 35 millimeter very very funny because hmm. starting in march we are going to have the opportunity to program a whole slew of 35 millimeter horror movies yes and various weird genre films mm-hmm. uh, starting in March. So this will be starting in March. Um, all 35 millimeter prints, horror films. Yeah. Um, and we are looking at, we've been talking about the first few movies to get started. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, they're going to be movies you want to see in a theater. Oh, definitely. The- movies you want to see again. If, mm-hmm. if, you've, if you've seen them time and time again, these again, these are the ones yeah. that play well on repeats, play well with an audience. And this is your opportunity to see these films in a theater. Yeah. 
35 millimeter. Trust us, we're not going to steer you wrong. No, in fact, as we go along with this programming, we will then be kind of slowly but surely introducing you. De-evolving, if you will. Indoctrinating, (laughs) if you will, slowly but surely, some really weird Mm -hmm. horror genre films. Some gooey gooey. Oh, some of the films that you'll probably want to take a shower afterwards, Mm -hmm. which I cannot wait because to me. (laughs) Creeps of nostalgia. Very much creeps of nostalgia. (laughs) And it actually will be through Nerds of Nostalgia. We're Mm -hmm. kind of hosting that. Uh, but you know, Nerds of Nostalgia, Nightmare, Nightmare Junkhead. Junkhead, we're one of the same. Same, yeah, same yeah. sides of the coin there. Uh, but a lot of exciting stuff coming up this year that we're going to promote the shit out of, obviously. Yeah. So if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, any of the social yeah. media. And definitely come check it out. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. You don't have to come to all of them. We'd like for you to come to all of them. But oh, you know, at least come to one or two of them. Yeah, and hit us up afterwards. You know we love talking with you guys. Oh, yeah. Especially getting reactions. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're seeing it for the first time. <laughs> you're right. Because there are some gems that we're in. Through our movie night, we're going to be screening some gems mm-hmm. through the 35 millimeters we're going to be screening some gems i cannot wait fucking gold man gold. it will be you know was it uh texas no um crude texas oh shit the beverly hill texas tea texas tea black gold black gold texas, texas tea that's exactly what it will be gold god damn it <laughs> you know what if we could find sourdough a, a, a 35 millimeter print of sourdough would be amazing <laughs> any of you that were there the night we screened uh, the cynthia rothrock film we angel uh, of fury which was in and of itself fantastic we screened this trailer because it was attached to the vhs print <laughs> Of Angel of Fury. <laughs> and it was the most random frontiers. Right. Just weird. Like, Gabby Hayes type like cookie. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. And it's become lore basically amongst mm-hmm. the crowd that do the video vortex. Which again we're doing also again in February yes. as well. So definitely come and say hi. Nightmare Junkhead, Nerds of Nostalgia. You know we're out there mixing yeah. it up with you guys. But let's get down to brass tacks. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. We've, and this is, we've we've come together before like this where we've lamented the loss of these people that we love. Wes Craven, Gunnar Hansen. Wes Craven, Gunnar Hansen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And unfortunately, man, this one stung because we were going to actually do an episode of this film that this gentleman is in mm-hmm. and it was going to be a What's the Score? And But unfortunately, the yeah. way things turned out, we lost the tall man. Boy. Yeah. I mean, we still might do a what's the score. Cause we definitely it's, will. It's a dope score. It's an amazing score. Yeah, yeah, but it's... the reason that Phantasm, 1979's Phantasm, yeah. probably one of the weirdest franchises. It's a, Yes, it's it's hard to put your finger on it because it's, it's not an alien movie. It's not a slasher flick. It's not... It's it's not a ghost story, even it's, though it's called Phantasm. It's, it's phantasmagorical. Just, right. It is, it's just weird and juicy. And it's it's one of those films that I remember seeing the first time, and I didn't really know what I was watching, mm-hmm. because it is such a dreamlike aesthetic, mm-hmm. and that props off to Don Coscarelli for pulling yeah. that off, and this was one of his early films. Yeah, he likes to make weird movies, doesn't he? he? Between this, like Beastmaster, Bubba Hotep, <laughs> right. you know, he's got kind of the, uh, the, the monopoly on a lot of those films, but to me, the thing that really made the movie beyond the score... And beyond the ball mm-hmm. was, was the tall Angus. man, yeah, yeah. Angus Grimm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we are based here out of Kansas City, Missouri. Angus Grimm actually was born in Kansas City, Kansas, mm-hmm. so he has the Kansas City connection, yeah. which makes it hurt just a little, little bit more because he's technically one of ours, exactly. you know. Um, but it's really interesting in terms of his background, um, where he started from, because he wasn't always this iconic genre actor. Mm-hmm. He actually got his start writing liner notes. For Capitol Records. Hmm. You will find his writing hmm. in Beatles albums. Really? In Frank Sinatra albums. Wow. That's where he started from. 
And it was just kind of a happenstance that he got um, his a late start career in acting in like the mid seventies when yeah. already he looked like he was like a, vet, a seasoned veteran, very much so. I mean, there's a few people that can like command a screen with just like the raise of an eyebrow and a squint, you know. He had such presence in yeah. the film, yeah, because he plays like what is the tall man? See, I was thinking, I, I recently watched phantasm i watched it a couple of weeks ago so for getting ready for it what's the score so i went back and i watched two and three the past couple of days and it really never said another dimension uh an entity a dwarf wrangler you know <laughs> you think when you die you go to heaven you come, come to us, us. Boy, because he's such an interesting like, I'm not, and I'm also not gonna lie. He scared the shit no, out of me he's growing this up. Big giant Undertaker looking monster, which is one of the reasons why that movie scared me so much was him. Yeah, he was just an intimidating figure. Just that walk he had, just that 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 cadence that. Dun, Even dun, the way they dun. shot him occasionally, it was just yeah. like it was almost like a little bit below full speed. Mm-hmm. He just had that ethereal feel. Yeah. Which you didn't know if what you were experiencing was a dream, if it was reality. Mm-hmm. Like what was what 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 set the rules in Phantasm? Yeah, you know, just keep telling yourself rules? it's only a dream. So no, it's, it's not. not. Yeah. He provided so much good stuff for uh-huh. horror fans. Yeah. Because Phantasm, it's came out in nineteen seventy nine, took it like a year to film there was one of those uh kind of just a, a labor of love where they were filming like on the weekends yeah. with just the limited amount of time they could hey gang let's make a movie exactly and, yeah. they, and they had that kind of an attitude and this is one of those films to me that phantasm is in the the pantheon of all-time great horror films horror franchise because it, it spawned a franchise which to me is the a most big weird franchise part two is a weird movie part two is a part and three is a weird movie part four is a weird movie and they have i believe it is uh is it like is it called ravenger or the new the brand new one that, yeah, yeah ravenger yeah uh-huh. and uh, shit jj abrams actually just supervised uh, a like, restoration of the original, the original print yeah so that tells you i mean this is this is star wars J. exactly J. Abrams now. exactly this and, isn't like somebody who happened to, happens to have the name jj abrams it's yeah no it's just the jj a podiatrist named jj abrams right. that happened to really be a big phantasm fan <laughs> like you meet that one person named sharon stone and you're like what you're not Sharon Stone. You, know, you can't wear that white dress. That looks horrible, man. Get, get, get rid of that ice pick. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's such a really weird franchise because mm-hmm. the first one in itself is a weird movie. Yeah. I mean, there's no two ways around it. But then the fact that they almost went like an Aliens route because they in, they basically in, included like action, a little bit more action. Mm-hmm. And again, iconic, Jody, the freaking, you know, the, the ice cream truck, man. Reggie. Reggie, Reggie, that's Reg- right. Jody's the ball the brother oh, who turned right. into, turns into a ball. A, he turns into one of the balls. Right. Which in, which is weird. Because they even showed like putting the brain in there and like the eyeball comes out and looks all Dalek. You know, exterminate. You know, it's crazy. And the balls themselves also freaked me out as a the kid. The balls were scary as shit. Because you want to talk about good practical effects back in the day again, mm-hmm. 1979, but also some really good splatter, some good gore. I'll tell you what, them dwarfs freaked me the fuck out too. So this Those came evil out Jawas. in 79, Star Wars was 76, so you can definitely feel they were definitely Jawas-esque, right. but they're also demonic Jawas. Yeah. I mean, they've got some gnarly hands. <laughs> and like rustle around, they're like critters, like how I go outside and I'm afraid of fucking possums and shit. Those are also like the These are the dwarfs. very same things that yeah. you're afraid of. Fucking the killer dwarfs. Do you think, you know what? Okay, so I was thinking about this. Wouldn't it be awesome if the band that they were listening to in the gate was actually like the little real killer dwarves just playing? 
Like, Actually, I could totally see yeah, that. Yeah, they're that like little work. drum kits, maybe the like little mushrooms or something. Well, it's like mini kiss, right? You <laughs> right, know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's adorable. Yeah. But they're frightening because, like you said, they're technically like these other dimensional, other world they're slaves. They're shrunken dead bodies. Shrunken dead bodies. It's kind of frightening. It's a, it's a terrifying because, like, you don't go to heaven when you die. You come with us. And that's the thing what I really like about some of Coscarelli's films is they really touch upon, like, this existential anguish of death uh-huh. and including Bubba Hotep. The, right. The that idea was a of lot aging. of death. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of And that's allegories. one of the things that a good, and that's just it, a mm-hmm. good horror movie can worse serve as a metaphor and allegory for real world issues mm-hmm. disguised as horror. Or and, a fucking weird movie. Or just weird movie in weird, general. Weirdly wonderful. And the one thing I do really like about Angus Grimm is the fact that he was just very giving. Uh-huh. Just he understood his place in the whole in the in his as as an icon. And he as, was cool with it. I mean, he fucking reprised his role for uh, Fangoria magazine, pimping the, it out when he was looking in the uh, the coffin yeah. full of Fangoria magazine. Right, right. Oh. That was a great. He knew what he knew what side his bread was buttered on. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that when they embrace that right. rather than see it as a negative mm-hmm. or something that's not necessarily um, you know empowering. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Because he was just one of those guys. He got it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. From, from humble origins, you know, to being the tall man. Mm-hmm. And he is an icon. He ranks up there with Freddie, with Jason, with Michael. Because if you talk to a horror fan and say the tall man, they're going to know exactly who you're talking about. Absolutely. Now, outside of the horror field. Maybe not so much. Because if you just do, like, the tall man Google search, you may get some Angus. You may get something else. You might not want to see. <laughs> Two tall guys, one cup. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. It's a, boy. <laughs> you play a good game, boy. <laughs> now you suck. <laughs> yeah, that could take... Well, honestly, oh, one of the shit. things that... Here's, here's an existential question. In Phantasm, uh-huh. uh, I'm trying to remember if it was maybe Mike, but someone is making out with the... Blo- no, it's the guy, the random guy. That, it's their brother, I believe, is the one that's killed at the very beginning of the film. They're making out with the blonde. You see the boobs. Yeah. Then there's the flashes, and then the tall man appears. Right. Was Fuck he, all that. Was he having sex with the tall man? See, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, like, you know... Was 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 you know getting a little bit of? Was it just not the silver balls coming at him? You yeah. know, just it could have been <laughs> just balls in the face, man. Right? You know, well, it always just weirded me out because that basically implies that the tall man is also a shapeshifter uh-huh. and and also a super strong mortar. The know, way that he, he picked up that fucking dead body with like two and just throw it in there. God damn! And there's I the fact and. That his his finger, when severed, can turn into... Into this creature. Yeah. And his hands, in part two, turn into these little demonic things, too. But one of the scenes that I love the best, um, it's in Phantasm 1. He's walking down the street just with that slow cadence. Yes. And then Reggie's opening up as, like, it's almost like hindsight, you know, no no business. But he opens up his ice cream truck. And this, because it's a hot summer day, the smoke... The condensation smoke builds up, and Tall Man stinks. He takes a deep breath. He's like, oh, and then looks and like, Boor. yeah, it's his, just that that 
his presence, his facial his, features. Mm-hmm. He's one of those cats that even, and obviously he's got some great lines. Right. Gravitas when it comes but to the But no voice. fucking makeup needed to be scary as shit. He is proof that God is still the greatest, like, <laughs> monster yeah, maker. maker. We don't need Rick Baker. We just need whatever created <laughs> Angus Grimm naturally. Because let's face it, like, you know, we've talked about it before, Robert Zadar. Right. There are those cats that can say so much without saying a single word. Mm-hmm. Like, he oozes menace. Yeah. You see, you shit, if I would there's that great scene where uh, they're looking back at some of the old uh oh the photographs yeah and you realize he's been around forever mm-hmm. just going and what i really well, like fucking part four they went to the civil war and he's fucking there you know what i'm saying dude the battle of antilles never looked you know as bad until you see the, the tall man going through there you know <laughs> he turns into a foghorn and lay boy i say boy <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i'm just it really it hit hard when that happened yeah. because he's a lot of the you know the people that we're losing now they're obviously getting older we're getting older mm-hmm. it is a reminder of your mortality and i think the biggest thing with that is just realizing that every we're, everyone we love we're going to lose eventually yeah. you know there's no two ways about it but we're fortunate because the fact that he will, and I know it's, you know, his family wishes he was still around, but right. honestly, he will but still, he's still be with us as the tall man. Absolutely. Yeah. Fact, I mean, you know, screen film lives forever mm-hmm. and we'll be able to take it on, you know, we're just focusing on phantasm with the horror elements, but he was in other films as well. Stuff, yeah. And he was, just, he was just well loved. Mm-hmm. He was just one of those guys that he, he, he meant a lot to us. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he did pass away. Cancer is a motherfucker. Yeah. And, it's, Which brings us to our we go actually from, all three. We go from the tall man to the star, star man. man. This one hurt. Okay, now I want you to speak more on this because I'm gonna I'm gonna make an admission of guilt here. You know, mm-hmm. anyone that listens to the podcast knows I'm a metalhead. I love me some David Bowie. I appreciate him as an artist, as a musician. I didn't really I didn't celebrate his entire catalog, if you right. will. So when when I found that that I was I was touched, but it didn't hit as hard as say like as Bruce Dickinson passes away. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to lose my shit when that happens, but mm-hmm. how did it how did it hit you? This one stung. Did I it? mean, this one stung because I've always enjoyed Bowie, even though I didn't know it was Bowie at the time. You know, I mean, even as a character, I, a lot of people are like, well, people only know him from fucking Labyrinth, and I'm like, you know what? That's fine. If that's all you know him from, so be it. But like, I remember, um, I remember first when I was young watching Labyrinth and being like, that Goblin King is cool as shit, right? God, Zooks, you know? He's got good taste in women, too, man. <laughs> but, uh, because that was a cool movie. That oh, was it's a, a, it's a, it's a classic well, movie. Well, Bowie is one of those guys that kind of transcended. He wasn't just a musician. He wasn't mm-hmm. just an actor. He was a true icon of yeah, pop culture. Right. He was just someone that you didn't have to be in his music to know David Bowie. Right. He ushered in gl- the whole glam rock the scene. Glam. And I did glam rock. Iggy Pop. Ziggy Stardust. Uh, Z- Ziggy Stardust, which is David which Bowie is, fucking yeah. Slade, you know? All that. I dig it. You know, doing a little something a bit out of the norm, you know, a little well, bit. Challenging societal mores, man. Right. You, that's a wonderful thing to do. Right. Almost like, you know, how metalheads love, like, black and leather. Glam rock, it was like almost the other way. Just spandex and makeup, Spandex, man. makeup, and glitter, man. Prettier just... than the girls I was dating. <laughs> and what I really liked about him, though, was the fact that he owned it. Yeah. You know, and he was constantly evolving. Oh, um, yeah. And just keeping up with current times. I mean, he even went through his industrial phase with Trent Reznor and it was I'm afraid of Americans. I love that song. I love David Bowie's music. I really do. And there was a time where I was like would listen to Space Oddity and didn't know it was David Bowie. You mm-hmm. know, same thing with Life on Mars. I mean, you know, I think 
I think one of the main things I fell in love with Space Oddity when I worked at uh, Blockbuster because we'd have those like videotapes that you'd have to put on and play in the, promotional stuff. Uh-huh, and one was it was celebrating Sci-Fi Month, so they showed all these um, alien movie clips, like from Alien, from The Thing, and all that, with David Bowie's Space Oddity on there. And I would I wouldn't listen, but I heard this song like four or five times a day. And then I finally listened to the lyrics and just the feeling of like isolation and loneliness. And this is my job. This is what I have to do. And I'm not returning home, but here it is, you know, and there's so many meanings in his lyrics. I mean, like, like life on Mars is probably one of my favorites of his songs. And it's lyrics are pretty timely today, yeah. you know? Well, even looking at the last video he shot, a lot of people were thinking it was very prophetic because it ends with him, like, backing away into this door, closing the door, and people are like, you know, maybe he was just, he realized, mm-hmm. you know... It, my time is coming. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it, there are people like that that you just never think are go- we're going to lose. Right. You know, they're just, they've been a mainstay right. for our entire lives. And mm-hmm. for this to happen, again, it's that reminder... We're all mortal, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to happen. And he was kind of, he was a real trailblazer. I mean, and not only in like, in different cinemas, but like back in the day, it wasn't cool to be gay. You know, it wasn't like no, the normal when I, thing. When I watched the video for, um, it was the one with the Mick Jagger and David Bowie, um, Dancing, Dancing in, in the, the Streets. Street. That's a pretty gay video. I remember it was like, huh, this is, it's interesting. <laughs> what, what are these feelings that are stirring up inside of young Greg? You know, I don't know how to react to this, you know? Yeah. Um, but he was also not, so he really started with music. Mm-hmm. But then again, he, he was, he weaved his way into movies and Nightmare Junkhead were a horror podcast. David Bowie is in one of the great all-time vampire flicks, The yeah. Hunger. Oh, yeah. With sexy Susan Sarandon. Mm, Catherine Deneveu. Mm, uh, How do you pronounce her last Deneveu? name? Deneveu. Deneveu. Thank uh-huh. you for you sophisticates so. out yeah. there. No, I remember... I remember seeing that for the first time because I knew it was a vampire flick, but I'm watching it, and this is probably the... sexy. It is sexy, but it's also very much an art film. Right. This is Tony Scott back in the day when he would do things like mm-hmm. that, and I was watching it going like, well, it's kind of cool. There's some... Blood. Ooh, boobies. Okay, right. cool. And it was just... It just held my attention, but it was probably the first film like that I saw as an art film, but I didn't even know who David Bowie was at the time because mm-hmm. that... I think it's like 83 that came out. Right. And but he killed it as Nikolai Tesla. Oh, in the, in the Prestige. Prestige. Yes. Oh, he, he commanded the screen, even if he was only on for a brief, just his whole persona, his whole enigma of, of just him. We've talked about it before, and we'll get around to it, but we're going to do a list of, you know, how to prime your children for horror movies, you know, mm-hmm. movies to uh, introduce your kids to. And I think he's in one of the all-time great ones for that. And yeah. we're, we're, they're doing tributes this weekend here, but Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Labyrinth is, is a phenomenal movie which I mean, and it's, it's gorgeous and it still holds up to this very day and i really like the fact that the, they let him sing in the movie mm-hmm. dance magic he dance wrote the whole score did he write everything he wrote the whole score of music music and music by david bowie i mean everything and there's some iconic songs in there oh like um it's only forever not long at all Lost and lonely, underground, underground. Yeah, that's a... You do a pretty good Bowie there. Well, well thank you. You ever rock that out of karaoke? I was thinking about it. I wanted to do um, Space Oddity. Space Oddity. Yeah, because I, I love that song. And I, but I, my favorite, I think, of his... Well, any song that... Anytime Bowie will pop up in a, in a, uh, in a music... Or in a movie... 
like just his songs, it just adds that much more coolness. Like, um, well, shit, Guardians. He was in Guardian. The, was he in Guardian? Oh, well, he, uh, the music was. That's right. That's right. Um, it was in Chronicle. Uh, Underrated flick. Not a bad mm-hmm. movie. I kind of like Chronicle. Uh, let's see. I think Ziggy. No, Moon Age Daydream was was playing in Chronicle. And um, what else? I think I a lot of people gave it hate, but I think when Elsa Mars. When Jessica Lange sang Life on Mars in American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story, I think it was very poignant and beautiful because here she's singing about the freakiest show and she's talking about her, the the freak show, but there's also like that whole like um, sad affairs and everything like that. And it's it's called a, almost a metaphor for the entire show itself. And that's the beauty, obviously, with, you know, uh, any kind of musical interpretations like that is mm-hmm. everyone's going to bring their own baggage and interpretation yeah. to it. And it's going to mean something different for everyone, but it's going to mean something. Yeah. And you and that's why, you know, some people I know when this kind of stuff happens, they go, oh, why are you bemoaning about someone you never met? And it's like, no, you have to understand. It's not the fact that it's you never met that person. It's the fact what that person meant to you. Absolutely. You know, and especially with someone like Bowie, who probably helped a lot of people overcome like come out of the closet it probably helped a lot of people overcome like some depression some yeah, think of like LBGT you know what community i yeah. huge with that or not even not even like you know for example like okay he is talking he's singing about what i'm feeling too you know and when you can identify when you feel like you belong mm-hmm. when you get that sense of community my god i'll oh, just look at the horror community right you know i mean that's a perfect example of people that come together for a like-minded experience. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. The cover to Diamond Dogs freaked me the fuck out when I was young. You know? Just that whole dog thing. I was like, ooh, that's scary. But, uh, well, the one thing that, um, especially with going back to Labyrinth, uh, and it just always stuck out to me, was the fact that his... I don't know if it was necessarily a cod piece. No, I think or that if was... that was all Bowie. <laughs> pure West. Like Adam West. I think that was all Bowie, because that guy was hiding a goblin in his pants, man. <laughs> That, well, let's just we're just gonna take we're just gonna we're let's not beat around the bush anymore. David Bowie has a monster dong. Gotta get some Magnum condoms for, for his, his monster, monster dong. dong. Uh, I've just I, the outpouring of just grief and loss you yeah. know, when that was announced because it came out of nowhere. I apparently he had been battling cancer for like the past eighteen months, yeah. and again another cancer related death. It just it's just unfortunate. Like I I lost my mom to cancer. You know, yeah. cancer affects. It's just one of those things where you don't necessarily think it'll happen to you, but it does. Oh yeah, you know, and that's just the reality of everything. Um, but you know, his, his place in in music, film. When he shows up in Zoolander as just mm. like the coolest judge for a walk off, right? Twin Peaks, yeah, Twin you know? Peaks firewalk, yeah. yeah. He just he was one of those guys when he showed up, you knew you were in a good spot because yeah. he's not going to necessarily lend himself to anything to something to direct. That's not cool, exactly. Right, right, you know, he was he was basically where you could measure how cool something was. He was a litmus test mm-hmm. of coolness, and he's, he always had his pulse on well, what's coming up. Yeah. Like like you said during his um, industrial phase, like he even did, he even wrote the theme song to Cool World. Really, I'm the real cool world. Do do. Do, 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 do. Now there is you. Do, do, do. You, you may be the only person in existence that knows the theme to Cool World, Fuck, man. I had the Cool World cassette. Did you? I had the Cool World cassette, and when I used to cut grass in the summertime, I would pop that fucker on, man. Uh, it it's was... Some long lawn mowing sessions. And the lawn, the, like, the whole, like... 
pre-techno techno, you know, just that whole like, because it was dirty, and even had like fucking my thrill kill cult on there, sex on wheels, ooh, but baby. I only remember my life with the thrill kill cult because of that moment in the crow when they're performing <laughs> and all the crazy shit starts happening. Quite good. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I, I loved Bowie. And I, I, I appreciate it. I was more of an appreciator from afar mm-hmm. rather than someone that truly like loved him. Uh, I, was, know, I, I was a fan. Yeah. I was a big fan. And it's rough when that happens, man. Like I said, you know, it yeah. just it didn't hit me as, as close, but I knew what he meant to everyone, what he meant to just reality. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're definitely lesser for it. Um, now, we were going to record this episode last night. Had a rough day. Postponed it for a day, and damn. What a difference a day makes. You're not kidding, because I woke up this morning, first thing on the Twitter feed, another you know, another icon lost to us from cancer. Mr. Potter. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, y'all. Hans Which, fucking Gruber. Hells man. yeah, the, the sheriff of Nottingham. Fucking Dr. Lazarus. He, oh, by Grab Thor's hammer. He killed it in that movie, dude. He fucking was, the voice, the 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 right hand of God. Oh, and dogma. dogma. He, Alan Rickman was much like Bowie. If you saw him in a movie, you know you, we're in good hands. You were in, you're, yeah, you, you were knew expecting that something even if good. you didn't like the movie, you'd like what he did mm-hmm. in the movie. Shit, he's the reason I. Well, I, I just like the movie in general, but Love Actually. Yeah, you know, he um, it was great in Love Actually. I love. Well, first of all, I love that movie. You know, we, we love that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should watch that in Gilmore Girls. I'm just I'm telling you, but, blow each other while we do it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Roll our hair in curlers. It'll be good. <laughs> More coffee, Luke. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I... The fact that he played... It can be argued that he played probably one of the greatest villains to ever appear in any flick. Oh, yeah. Hans Gruber... Hans Gruber. ...is almost better than John McClane. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a part of me that still kind of roots for, for Hans, Hans Gruber. I mean, I heard somebody say it best. It's not Christmas until Hob- Hans Gruber falls off Nakatomi Plaza. Plaza. It's not Christmas until that scene. And yeah. let's let's face it, he will still be a part of our Christmas tradition. Oh, yeah, you know, almost regardless. definitely. Uh, but the very fact that he played, you know, Professor Severus Snape. Some Mr. Potter, I can teach you how to put a stopper in death. Just his whole voice. just He was so good it. in that yeah. role. I loved it. And had that role gone to anyone else, I don't think it would have been as Mm-mm. effective as no. it was with Alan Rickman in the role. Yep. Um, but he was also in the uh, that genre film you said, Perfume, right? I, that's such a good movie, Perfume, yes. It, it, it's great. Alan Rickman plays like a bereaving dad who's like his daughter gets kidnapped by this killer. It's phenomenal. And so it's again, it's just very sad. We it's basically they always say it happens in threes. Mm-hmm. Now also we also lost last year technically or what I can't remember if it was in the new year or not, but Lemmy Kilmeister mm-hmm. passed away. We're just and I mentioned it on Twitter. I was like, what is happening in the heavens? Are they just basically needing like some all star cast for some heist film? Right. You know, that they just need all these great genre icon actors. Mm-hmm. Because you know, the the sad thing is now we will no longer have any new roles from them. Right. No longer we will no have any music. new music. No no more And Adam that's probably the saddest thing for me, and I'll just it's a very selfish thing, but you know, we like these people. We seek them out. You know, horror fans are very loyal. Oh, yeah. They're probably one of the most loyal group of fans you will mm-hmm. ever find. Yeah. And, you know, regardless if an artist puts out a, uh, you know, a movie you may not, you know, enjoy, you're still going to buy it mm-hmm. because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You followed them from the beginning. Oh, yeah. You stay with them. 
now we just unfortunately we just now we got to look back at the back catalog. Yeah, but yep. the good thing is we have that stuff to remember them by. And we have Die Hard, we have uh, Ziggy Stardust, we have Phantasm. Yeah, we have all that good stuff. And in the very much like the Greek sense, they will still live forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know obviously their family was like fuck you. They're yeah. not. They're gone. But. At the in same a, time, in a sense, spiritually, mm-hmm. um, emotionally, they will still always be a part of us and be with us. We'll always have Severus Snape. Yeah, you we know? will always have the tall man. Yeah, we'll always have that. No one can take what they meant to us away no. from us. And that's just it. You know, I, I really think that we you know we to to honor you know the greats that have fallen. Let's celebrate them. Let's mm-hmm. celebrate. Oh, the most work. definitely. Let's. We can be sorrowful and mournful, but let's let's. let's but why enjoy do it. that? Let's enjoy what they had to offer while they were here. Because I'm hoping deep down that's what they want us to do. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. You know he's. You know Angus Grimm is looking down from afar. Good job, boy. I would just like to think that uh, you know they they will live on. Oh yeah, you know, most regardless, definitely. Regardless, regardless. In our hearts, in our DVD players. Yeah. They serviced our crank. And, and our, our hearts. hearts. Yep, yeah, yeah, very much so. So, any other thoughts on Mr. Scrim, Mr. Bowie, or Mr. Rickman? Um, I think they're probably going to make an awesome movie in heaven. They are right now, man. And yeah. I, let me tell you, the soundtrack is going to be killer. Fuck yeah. It's going to be all sorts of amazing. Fuck yeah. You know, if anything, I'm just looking. I, you know, know that, you know, when I do a pass, hopefully I, if there is a heaven, I go there. If there's not, whatever it is, just cease to exist. We'll always have nerds. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> and the stars look very different today. Oh, they do. That was very nice. That was very sweet and sentimental. I like that. Well, I think on that note, until next week, guys, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. <laughs>